for the state of Ohio. I mean, in all seriousness, we're talking about going backwards here. We're not talking about going forward. Ten and one is backwards. That's that's the irritation here. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in St. Paul, Minnesota. Today, I'm speaking with three folks that are going to help us understand what exactly is going on in Ohio. We've got actually um, two repeat guests, and then we have someone who's often been involved in inspiring us and getting us guests for the show, who's making his first actual appearance. And I'll introduce him first, Doug Adams, the CMO of Think, which handles the marketing for Fairlawn Gig, and is someone who's always helping out at Mountain Connect and, and around a bunch of other places, helping broadband get its legs. Welcome to the show, Doug. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And then we have Ernie Statton, the Director of Public Service in the city of Fairlawn, which runs Fairlawn Gig. Welcome back, Ernie. Thanks for having me, Chris. And we have our audience favorite, Angela Seifer, the Executive Director of the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. Welcome to the show. Audience favorite, because I often make fun of Chris. Travis is in the audience and he loves you. (laughs) And let me just be very clear here. When I say he loves you, it's because... You're awesome on Connect This, which is our, our sister show, and you've been on multiple times. Um, Ernie, uh, can you tell us what exactly happened last week and how this possibly came so much out of the blue that none of us had any expectation that it was coming? Yes. Yeah, so uh, House Bill 110, which is actually the budget bill uh, for the state of Ohio, was uh, passed by the House. It was sent to the Senate. Um, The Senate did, they call it an omnibus uh, meeting to uh, go over amendments to the uh, House bill. And one of the amendments that they placed in was in, in, it practically says that all uh, community broadband would cease to exist. Um, It does allow for uh, you serving a municipal broadband to serve areas that are unserved which is anyone that is below 10 meg download and one meg upload. So basically in the state of Ohio, you'll find that there's, we, we have a right down to the, to the exact 1.72% of the entire state fits within this uh, realm of the, uh, that they're saying can do municipal broadband. The areas that they're showing that can do it uh, are not set up to do something like this anyways as a municipal broadband it's it it just wouldn't make sense so then uh, along with that in that bill they went as far as to uh, limit how you could spend the money um if it's given to you federally or if it's state funds or even if you uh, receive service funds from the service that you uh, supply then you're no longer allowed to use those for your uh, municipal broadband. So in effect, it basically eliminates municipal broadband here in Ohio. Obviously, you already know that Fairline Gig has been a huge success. And what it would do is it would just completely shut off all competition here in the state and especially in our area. So in our area, at one time, I, I talked to everyone about the fact that we had multiple providers here in the Fairlawn area when we decided to do this. And really the reason why we did it is the incumbents had no ambition to give us any better service 
to the residents or businesses here in, in Fairlawn. Well, since we've got, come, come full circle and we have a business off the ground and it's doing well, uh, we've seen Frontiers stop giving service in our area and we're really down to Spectrum and a small area to AT&T. So effectively, if this went through, there would be no competition in Fairlawn. It would be one provider, which is probably what will happen throughout the state uh, uh, from the looks of it. So it would just kill the idea that the citizens of Fairlawn wanted something better, needed something better for us to compete in the, in the world, for us to learn at, at a high level, um, for business to take off in any direction mm -hmm. that they want to take off. Um, it, it would kill that here in, in, in Fairlawn. We would go back to 25 meg by three, just barely the national standard. And by the way, I'm, I can't believe the national uh, standard is as low as it is. <laughs> I mean, that's bad enough. And then the state of Ohio to say 10 and one is uh, uh, effective. We all know 10 and one is not effective. That's back in the dial up days or even beyond dial up where uh, it, you just can't conduct business. Uh, matter of fact, we couldn't zoom this. If, uh, if I was on a 10 and one here, I would not be able to uh, talk to you guys in an effective way. Well, we in the past where we've dealt with the state legislation, what we've often seen is um, a bill that then gets debated in public and, and and really a lot of the action happens out of the public eyes. But nonetheless, it's like a process and it goes through and it's like subjected to some oversight. At least this just comes in and, uh, you know, with no discussion, no debate, no, 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 no sense that the, that the senators that voted on it actually have a sense of what the impact will be on the state's businesses. And it's not even limited to municipal broadband. It actually goes, goes much further, which is why we brought Angela in, in, in part, not just because she's from Ohio, but uh, but because you're looking at this and talking to people who are recognizing this will be awful for in, in so many even more ways than, than Ernie suggested. Yeah, it's also awful in that it impacts the efforts to address affordability. And so the efforts to address affordability sometimes include what assets do we have? Hmm, some cities have their own fiber, state has fiber, maybe we can use those things to provide a cheaper service to our low-income residents. This would be like, nope, can't do that. I guess you just have to pay full price, right? And for residents who, Ohioans who just oh, don't have service right now because they can't afford it, and we're all just going to shrug our shoulders at that, I think the fact that it was included like, you know, in the dark of night kind of thing, uh, it, it's telling in that the the push against it has been instant and intense, right? Like I, I would like to hear Ernie or Doug's thoughts on like the response to this is I, I suspect, and, and Chris, you may also have experience in this, the response that we've seen in other states pre-pandemic, right? But so many people get the issue now that pushing something through uh, in the dark of night is less possible than it was pre-pandemic, I would say. Yes, but I mean, before I get before I get Doug's reaction, which I want to get, and I have a, a spiffy, funny line to introduce Doug that's a little bit insulting that he'll love. Um, Angela, this, this is something that it's not just saying you can't do municipal broadband. They cut out like $200 million of broadband subsidies to like try to expand, didn't they? 
but yeah, they, they did. Those were, those were all uh, infrastructure deployment in rural areas. So yeah, so at the same time that they said no municipal, no, actually it wasn't even broader than that, right? It was like um, no support at all for anything that involves any kind of public infrastructure, which is like incredibly wide ranging. Um, but yeah, at the same time, they also said, you know what? We're just gonna take out all the money that we had in there. Like, it, so it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And we've had such great progress in Ohio. Like really, like that's what's astounding that there's so many people talking about, there's so many people working on it and they're just like, shh, 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 we're just gonna, we're just gonna, you know, line this out real quick. Nobody will notice. <laughs> yeah, totally, people noticed. <laughs> so Doug, you taking this so seriously, I'm guessing you haven't slept in five or six days. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been quite busy and it, it's funny because Ernie says that we, you couldn't use 10-1 and I wonder if you can do... Uh, even 25-3 today because of, and the pandemic, here we are post-pandemic. The irony of all this is post-pandemic, you have a couple things happening. Look, look, you have everybody saying, oh, sorry, post-pandemic for some of us, like, it is definitely very much still oh. the pandemic for a lot of people. So like, let's hope we're through most sure. of it. Sure. Be- I guess yeah. I'm being a little bit too, I, I guess I'm being too, too optimistic, but let's just, let's say that we were post a time when we were shown how important mm-hmm. internet sure. service is to maintain our lives, even during the pandemic. Um, Fairline gigs take rate uh, went all the way up to 60, 61 or so percent. Um, we've been communicating to our customers who all of them are um, a bit outraged. Um, they are reaching out to their state representatives and they want to uh, express, not only do they want, want Fairline Gig to stay, but, but um, they don't really understand the non-competitive nature of, of the legislation. Uh, one of the things that Ernie didn't mention and, and nor did Angela is, is there's actual language in this that says, Federal do- dollars that are given to a state or a region or a city by fed by you know the federal government um, cannot be used for broadband. So what the state is saying is, you uh, town X in Ohio, if if uh, the feds decide to give you uh, twenty five million dollars to uh, actually provide your citizens and businesses with decent broadband service, um, because no one else is doing it, you can't do that. What, you can't do that. So, Doug, let me. So, it's it feels a little bit more egregious than. <laughs> I, than I, I think. Can even I think express, a lot of people so. have a sense of what the impact is on the for the individual person. So, Ernie, Ernie was discussing the the impact on people that don't have a choice in broadband service, and also on some businesses. But one of the things that that Fairlong Gig has done really well is market itself internationally to bring businesses to Ohio. And you all have done a good job of keeping up with them, talking about where they are in the business parks, how many of the businesses in the business parks are using your fiber and things like that. And so as you're, as you've done those surveys over the years, just give us a sense of like, of, of how uh, much these businesses have come to rely on uh, the services that Fairlong provides. Sure. Um, so we we have surveyed both on a regular annual basis. We survey both uh, businesses and residential customers. Um, our survey this year, um, we were really really proud of the fact that our satisfaction actually actually went up in spite of um, what could be have been seen as a very challenging year. A hundred percent of our businesses say that uh, Fairlawn Gig, the service, 
the additional service that Fairlawn Gig gives them is important to them to being in Fairlawn. 33% say that all of the jobs that are in Fairlawn, 33% of, of those who um, answered uh, said that 30, that all of the jobs that they have at their facility are due to Fairlawn Gig. Um, and, and our satisfaction levels are at, at 95% through the roof. Um, and I could get a little bit dorkier with, with market research terms like net promoter score. We're at, we're at a, you know, a nine point uh, about it. We're at 84 for an NPS. Usually an NPS for an ISP is lucky to see 40. Um, it, it's just amazing how, how, how it's been recognized and embraced and how it's attracting businesses. About 20 businesses have moved to Fairlawn just because of Fairlawn gig, um, which is an amazing. And the hospital is being built in Fairlawn right now, uh, due in large part to Fairlawn gig. Yeah, and Ernie, if you want to, if you want to pick up on that, one of the things that I've been watching is Fairlawn inevitably is likely to expand. You have a lot of communities around you that would like to see this level of service in their communities, and uh, just because you give us a sense of that, because again, trying to get a sense that like some of these people are saying, oh well, municipal networks are are always a failure. Some lines along those lines. What are you hearing from from neighbors as you're looking at where you can invest? Uh, just before all this came about, this build came about, we were in discussions with Summit County to build a ring that would connect all 31 communities here in uh, Summit County. Now, we intend to still go forward with that idea, but it will be more of a safety network until this gets worked out uh, in Columbus. But out of those 31 communities, 12 of them have already contacted us to say, would you come in and manage an ISP in our area so that we could have fair long gig? So I, that, I, I mean, I think that that speaks volumes. Um, what Doug was uh, talking about earlier, that hospital, they were given free land in another community and they decided to stay in Fairlawn and that planning commission stood up, turned around and looked at me and said, we're here because of you and we're gonna pay $4 million for the land rather than taking free land. So I, I, I can't tell you how important this has been. And, and I've got a little story for you because I think it's, it's important to what we're talking about here. The, the people of Fairlawn have reached out so much to the senators and representatives. I received an email today from the or the senator's office that said, we've heard your people. Good. If, if it's irritating enough for them to give us an email that says they've heard us, they're hearing us. This is fantastic. That senator voted to shut you down, basically. Well, you're correct. According to her email, it was that she came in with the idea that she was going to help expand Fairlawn Gig, and it blew up on her. Now, she still voted. <laughs> she still voted against us. So it doesn't matter what her intentions were. She voted to say that it's okay. Yeah, this is, this. as Angela said, it being done in the dark of night, not giving us the opportunity to talk about it and anyone else here in the state of Ohio. And I see a lot of stuff going around in, in Colorado, uh, some places out West. There is a lot of municipal work being done right here in Ohio um, that I don't think everyone completely understands. I think it's because a lot of places are doing just small pieces. They're trying to get their feet wet, but there, there's a lot. I, right now I have 31 32 communities that I know of that have joined us with, with saying this is wrong. 
32 communities in the state. I think that that's a lot to me. I, I, Over I a understand weekend. why <laughs> might be upset, right? They're, they're starting to realize that the business that they've created, that they've held everyone back on is starting to backfire on them. Yeah, I think one of the important things to say is when we were talking about that, Senator, she voted yes on the budget. This has been placed on the budget in the budget bill for I'm not sure what reason. Um, maybe it's because it's harder to oh, vote yeah. no on it's a budget. It's very hard to vote no on a budget. Let's be clear. When there's something like this, <laughs> when there's, yeah, so this does not belong in that bill. If, if they want to separate this out and they want to uh, have public hearings and, and debate this, then that's, that's great. We're happy to win, win that debate. But what they've done is they've folded this into the budget so that, um, you know, it's easy to say, well, I was voting yes on the budget. I wasn't voting no on broadband. No, you're doing the same. You're doing both. You're doing both. So, Angela? I, I kind of wonder about Ernie's question of there's so much going on in Ohio that's not, I, would kinda, I don't know if under, under the radar is the right term, but um, the internet service providers had such a hold for so long that those who want to create new solutions to the digital divide, feel like they have to do it without getting, without gathering a bunch of attention. So no press releases, let's just do the work, right? Like, let's just mm -hmm. do it. But now we're in a situation where we need the press releases, right? We need to know that that work is happening. And, and so there are some projects in Ohio where there's been an effort to figure out, okay, like who best should talk about the project because um, we wanna make sure that, uh, that the ISPs don't, the internet service providers don't have some influence, right? And can then um, come back on the person who was, you know, and have some kind of political pressure put on them. So, I really think that that's, that's the pandemic shift where folks want to do the work that we didn't really even have, like we had Fairlawn, but we didn't have, I wouldn't say there was a whole lot pre-pandemic, but now we have a lot of efforts. And I think it's noteworthy that the efforts aren't just build broadband, the efforts are address affordability, right? Like the state, the governor, you, which used like their own funds to uh, support a wireless network in East Cleveland. They have internet in East Cleveland. It's crappy. I mean, I th think the fact that the governor did that and now this bill would be like, no, no, governor, you, you can't use uh, state resources. Yes, we've seen these sorts of turnarounds before, and unfortunately, so it's, it's not entirely unprecedented. But Angela, one of the things I'm curious about is that I got the sense that some of the groups that, that you are in, in coordination with, you would have expected them to be upset at this change, but they seem to be much more upset than, than you expected and more motivated to, to fix this. I want to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, let's talk about that because it was awesome. <laughs> response was incredible. So uh, in Ohio, there's multiple coalitions that have developed during the pandemic for the most part. There's a strong coalition in Northeast Ohio based in Cleveland. There's one for Franklin County, which is Columbus's county. Uh, and then there's um, Buckeye Hills has a, like a strong uh, collaborative effort going on. So there's different places where people are talking to each other, right? And they meet and they talk about this. And I can tell you, I was in that Columbus meeting and people were like, what? 
what happened? And they're mad, right? Yeah. Like these are the representatives that represent us and they're not representing us. We didn't even get a chance to tell them what we thought. It was anger. Well, and this is something that I've seen, which Ernie, I'm not uh, ask. I don't want to attribute this to you. I always feel bad when I have someone who's representing a city and I want to say something bad about a, a cable ISP because I don't want you to have to deal with the brunt of that. But frankly, I deal with people who are Comcast customers. I deal with people who are charter customers. I deal with people who are customers of other, other, other cable companies. And the amount of anger I see from charter spectrum customers is remarkable, given that their network tends to be better than those smaller cable companies like Suddenlink, which is objectively bad in most places. But yet when I deal with people in Southern California who are on that, that charter spectrum, they're just, they're so frustrated with the quality of the network and this and that. And so I think Ohio having so many charter spectrum people that don't have another choice, um, I feel like there's been more of a desire to find escapes from that in Ohio than we see, for instance, in Pennsylvania, which is mostly served by Comcast. We see that every day, Chris. Um, uh, generally, uh, Doug talked about 61% of the customers are, are addresses in Fairlawn are actually customers. I would tell you that the 39% probably are still using cable TV is the only reason why they, they haven't switched over. And, and, and there's, there's some value there. And we're not actually trying to compete with that, uh, that, that situation. We're really just trying to make things for the greater good. I say it all the time. Everyone thinks it's a little corny. But it's about the greater good of our residents or our area or what we can what they're able to accomplish um, throughout this. Just had a, uh, a gentleman email us and say he teaches classes in Singapore and he couldn't do it before. Now, he lives in Fairlawn. And he's teaching in Singapore. He now can do it with Fairlawn gig. And if he had to go back, he said that he would quit teaching in Singapore. That, that seems absurd. If you have that ability, why, why wouldn't you come up with that? And, and as far as the, the cable companies, we've, we've met with them. So, Chris, I've been really, uh, as Angela said, I've been hands off with, I haven't gone after anything up to this point. I've been, I think, really good about all this. I've worked with them well. I handle the permits here. I make sure their permits go really fast. I don't, I don't do anything to them to, to keep their business down. But we met with them and sat them down and said, we don't really want to get in the uh, business of being an ISP. We think you can do it better than we can. We'll write you a check. They laughed at us. They said, no, your, your people aren't unhappy. Well, Doug just said 95% of the people like what we're doing. So our people must have been unhappy. Um, so, yeah, it's terrible that, that it's gone to this level. We certainly don't want to see that happen go backwards here in Fairlawn. And by the way, for the state of Ohio, I mean, in all seriousness, we're talking about going backwards here. We're not talking about going forward. 10 and one is backwards. That's, that's the irritation here. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue. That's what I think the issue is. I think Doug, you came, you were confused why when I saw this, I've, I've phrased it as being a shot across the bow of Columbus, because when I look at this, my sense of the, of the sort of the long-term frustration is you look at, you look at um, Franklin County there and suddenly doubting myself. I got that right. Right. It's Franklin County that we're talking about. So Franklin County is about to make historic investments to 
connect low-income folks solely, right? They're just interested in the people who have been left behind that the big cable and telephone companies have not adequately connected. And I think that's the right thing to do. No amount of subsidy. I mean, heck, like I was, if I want to get real angry, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get too far down it, but the, the, the way in which EBB, the emergency broadband benefit has been ripped off by certain national carriers who are trying to figure out how to pick it clean rather than actually connect people. Like we've seen what happens now, right? Like these, we can't bribe them into doing good service. So the city of Columbus says, and then the city of Columbus County also um, say, we're going to make investments and we're going to start serving the low income folks and no one else will serve. But the cable companies knows what's, knows what's next. And the next thing is, everyone sees that the county and the city are doing a good job of serving low-income people. And they start saying, well, wait, I want that. Like, I, I want to have an option too. And so this is, this is the threat. And they feel like they have to throttle it. And they know that if they go through a public process of weeks long with public hearings and things like that, it will get shot down. So in the dead of night, they go through. I just don't know what their long-term gain is because like, <laughs> like this is not going to be popular in the next election. If the Democrats have any sanity, that's their best hope. I mean, so. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and not only in the dead of night, but again, on, on the budget bill and, I, 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 as sometimes am want to do, I took it, took it maybe a little bit more personally because while, yes, Franklin County and Columbus is doing this, uh, as Ernie mentioned a few minutes ago, Summit County in Fairlawn Gate was talking about doing the same thing. So I, I think it's bigger than Franklin County. I, but um, yes, I would agree that Franklin yes. County had, had an impact. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't in any no, means mean to about demean me, the fact that you all, all been, about me. you all have been working on this for many years. And, and I don't mean to demean that at all. But the, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, the capital city of, of the state. And there is the cable companies treat us differently for some, they, they view us as like premier cities and they just, they react a little bit differently in my experience when um, larger cities um, do it. Um, and I think that's, I don't think that's smart on their part because I actually think that that like Fairlawn's example is the one to be worried about because you all are crushing it. But let me what 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 comments do we have to close? I don't want to go on too long about this. this is horrifying, Ernie? Can you give us a sense of of what's coming next after Angela makes the point she just leaned into the camera to make? Can I offer a, a uniqueness about this Franklin County Digital Equity Coalition? And so. NDIA works nationally. We've interacted with a variety of coalitions across the US. This one, the internet service providers are considered partners, not members of the coalition, right? So that's a different way to look at it. And that is new, <laughs> right? Like I was kind of astounded when the group even headed that direction. I promise you it was not, I was not the one behind it. But I was fascinated by that because it was them saying, yes, we want to partner with the providers, it's important, but we don't want them to dictate the, what this coalition does and how we make decisions and things like yes, having a response. And what I I'm going to jump in in front of Ernie here because I'm going to let him have the last word. But he said, he said that he mentioned that this was, this was going backwards. This is going backwards because they're threatening to take away Farallon Gig from, from happy very happy customers um, oh, yeah. <laughs> who have, who have um, gotten to the point where they can't live can't, and they say that they cannot li live without it. And I think Ernie has said to me probably no less than a hundred times in the past five days, we made a commitment to these people. We, you know, we built this network, we made a commitment to these people and, and we're not going anywhere. Chris, uh, the one thing I was going to say for sure is what Doug said. We uh, put that out to all of our people. We intend to do it. If the bill passes, we are still going to go to work every single day and we're going to let the courts weigh in and uh, hopefully 
that's where it gets settled if it does pass. I, we're hoping at the moment with the groundswell that we're getting here in uh, Summit County and in Fairlawn, and, and we're hearing that Franklin County is, is a big groundswell. We're also getting it from Medina. We're hoping, you know, that there'll be cooler heads here and this whole thing will be thrown out. And then, at, at, Doug said it earlier, I do believe that there is a point where this needs to be a bill on its own so that everyone can weigh in and and we're good with that. I mean, I think that's the fair way to go about it. Uh, you know, budget bills are not made for policy. That's exactly what Doug was trying to get to there. It's not a policy maker. It's a money spender is what a budget bill does. So they, they shouldn't use it for policy. And, and, and lastly, I, I just well, there's a lot of support here. I hope that all the communities uh, we, we gain together. I know the coalitions are really starting to form where everyone's talking to everyone. My lobbyists uh, have been talking to so many different cities. It's been it's been great. This actually may, might, at the end of the day, propel Ohio into something that is much bigger than we all thought it could ever be. So I I think, you know, stay tuned for what could happen here in Ohio. Angela, it looks like you agree with that. I'm very excited about that possibility because um, I know it's true for myself. Get me, you know, like do something that I think is terrible. I'm going to get all riled up about it. And then I'm going to take some action. They did something that lots of people think is terrible. And now we're all riled up about it. What they, th what they think the response is going to be. This may have been the best thing to happen. Well, with that, um, hopefully we will know soon. Uh, I understand that the house will, with the next the process is that the house will have to decide what its budget will be. Oh no, the house already did it. The Senate came back, the house rejected the Senate. Now they're going to conference committee and that could take as long as two weeks. But I think most people are thinking it's not going to take that long. But our lobbyists today uh, are hearing that it probably will go to a week from Friday. They'll probably vote on it on the 27th. That's what we're hearing. Normally they vote on this kind of stuff on a Friday because uh, you know, the weekend, hopefully they don't get too much, uh, uh, going on. So uh, that's what we're hearing. Um, and that's kind of what we're gearing towards that will will hit a lot of social media. I'm sure we'll be in touch with Angela at some point. I know we're going to be involved in the coalitions. So, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned. As I said, uh, hopefully, hopefully cooler heads prevail here. Thank you all. Chris. Thank you, Chris.